today oh, my God. esteemed colleague Stuart how are you Stuart uh, I'm, I'm not bad thanks Darren how are you doing I'm pretty good I it's... like being in the driving seat yeah yeah I, but I thought you didn't like driving very much anymore no I did the South Island oh. 800k in like four days and now I'm pretty good at it oh, okay <laughs> feeling well I survived I think that's the best we can say especially having gone to uh, Greymouth I can totally understand the feeling of survival once you've escaped there I don't smoke pee, so that was fine. <laughs> it was pretty chilled out for me. There's not really anything that I could could really go wrong other than getting. Oh, you haven't lived. Couldn't couldn't get eaten by dogs or you know attacked by people with mullets. Yeah, there's there's not much going on down there, but it was yeah. fun. It was a good good time away. Good, glad um, to have you back. So week eleven, it, you know, it rolled in like Derek Henry in the um, overtime, and it kind of. Came to a stop like Joe Burrows in the end zone. Oh no, oh, so, Joe. So I guess we've got quite a bit to talk about today. Um, Poor Joe. Did you see Tom Brady lose? Uh, no, I was uh, a little preoccupied this afternoon, unfortunately, so I, I didn't. But I managed to keep tabs on uh, on the score uh, as it went. And um, yeah, the like spoiler alert for those who haven't caught up on this yet, but uh, the. Los Angeles Rams did come out victorious against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, holding on 27-24 in the end. Um, but uh, it looked like a real defensive performance from the Rams with uh, Aaron Donald and team just totally wrecking them. Uh, it didn't look like Tom Brady was having a very nice time of it at all. No. Um, I do wonder how much it's on Tom, though, because they, they do seem to mix up their plays at the start of the game and then kind of fall into a pass-happy offense when it's not quite going their way. It's like Arians doesn't have a plan B. It does make me wonder how much is actually, you know, of last year was James's fault. Because mm. if Brady's throwing the same, same kind of picks on the same kind of routes, maybe they're just not coaching well. You know they trained at night this week. So the, I don't know if that's so the players wouldn't go to the pub or something, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, but it was a, it was a bit of a change. Brady wasn't happy because he says he goes to bed at nine thirty during the regular season, and they started training at like eight pm on Saturday <laughs> night. So, do you happen to know? Um, did Ali Marpet start? No, for he didn't them? play at all. And then they lost their um, their left tackle Davis, the Davis or Davies, on the first play. Oh, okay. He twisted his ankle. He might have come back, but he didn't look very solid mm, yeah well, I, um, I definitely kind of i'm not sure if i voiced it but i certainly had a, have a very strong feeling that if ali marpet didn't play in this game then aaron donald was going to have a field day um i've not had a chance to probably look at the statistics yet because i think this game literally finished about 15 minutes ago yeah. um <clears throat> but um yeah if you've got problems on that offensive line right now it, it's going to be difficult because You've got Aaron Donald come up the middle. You've got like, the people who are playing like the two best cornerbacks in the league at the moment uh, out either side. Jalen uh, Ramsey is just being uh, absolutely out of this world of late. And uh, on the other side, you have uh, Darius Williams, who is just playing that second cornerback role 
like to a T. Although in the likes of Troy Hill to move further down as well. It's uh, yeah. and they've had um, <clears throat> David Long Jr. as their backup cornerback and stuff. So they're they're a pretty solid unit. Um, you like some David Long? Yeah, the, Mike Evans. He um, he really did seem to have Ramsey in the first quarter. He made a <coughs> couple of really good plays. Got a couple of pass interferences. Seemed to kind of get in Ramsey's mm-hmm. head a bit. Then scored an unbelievable touchdown. If you haven't seen it. He, he caught the pass about eight yards out with like four people on him and walked into the end zone with nice. them all on his back. Um, it's very strong. Uh, but yeah, it's like I said, I just don't think Arians was really dynamic enough. They need to kind of get the ball out of Brady's hands. And I don't think it's necessary because Brady can't do it. I think it's because people are getting too much pressure. I think at times you have to go, okay, offensive line's banged up. We've got Brown, we've got Godwin. Where are the sweeps and the the motion, they're not doing a lot of it. Not getting creative there. Like, no. Using their running backs quite traditionally, um, and that did not bode well it, for them this week. It, was, it did have a similar vibe to you know Freddie at the Browns last year, where it was like, okay, what are we actually doing? You know, we've got this talent, but everyone's just running the same routes every time. And what's your plan B when those aren't working against a team like the Rams, who have a really good defense? You have to get one of your free NFC self-leading tight ends and make one of them a fullback for a couple of plays and just power run the ball. Fournette, Jones, just get yourself a bit more space. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they got away from that last week, but they, they didn't seem to be that worried about it this week either. Um, the first interception that Brady threw was totally his fault, but he did have pressure in his face from Donald, so you can only <laughs> take that so far, I guess. But he did um, throw... It completely the route wrong. The guy cut right and he threw it left and mm. was picked off by the guy in the middle. Just like uh, Jared Goff really took the game to the Tampa defense as well. well mm. Certainly out, out wide with uh, Cooper Cup getting 11 receptions for 145 and Robert Woods getting 12 receptions for 130. It's not often that you see two players get 10 plus total receptions in the, in a game. Yeah, well... Cooper Cup was doing his best Edelman impression. It was just all underneath, beating mm-hmm. the first man, <clears throat> getting into the space and just keeping the drives alive. Woods was impressive, though. Woods breaking tackles, pulled in a good good touchdown. But I think McVeigh made it easy for Goff. You know, you're going against Levante David and and um, Devin, at linebacker, and you're, you have to move the ball around. Like, you have to, you can't just stand there. You're going to get hit mm-hmm. by that by Barrett and and Pierre Paul and it's just a very good defense so they've they just kind of got the motion out um you didn't you didn't qualify that by saying our man Shaq Barrett our man but he's, a, he's, a, he's our boy he's our man he is since he did that for us he's been very good and yeah. he got paid yeah he, he got a full like 15 dollars from you or whatever it was <laughs> for that and he's got a considerable amount more since then uh <laughs> I, I've not quite checked back on his cameo, but uh, it's probably a little. No, he up. offered to do that for the the um, the influencing. Of course, yeah, yeah. So he could sell yeah. his like personal brand. It was nothing to do with us paying him anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, his agent approached he, he us. Offered us. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's what that was. And we were like, oh, think about it. I mean, we'll maybe see if we can squeeze you in between uh, Hall of Famer and uh, Cecil Martin. But um, yeah, we, we managed to get him. Yeah. So um, we stay in the <clears> NFC East. Um, Quickly, 
uh, thing as we started mm. with the, the Buccaneers losing. Would you mind giving us a little rundown of exactly what we're going to be talking about through the course of the day? Just so people know if, if they want to be sticking with us at all throughout the course of this. Because since we do it a little bit differently and we don't just do game by game anymore, this is true. I feel it's only, it's only fair. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> Uh, what was it doing? So I think uh, the, the thing that I had noted down was that you wanted to uh, revisit the, the rookie class again since a lot has seemingly changed over the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, two weeks is a long time in the NFL. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a look at that. And I have uh, I have some uh, things to add to that as well because uh, I have reached out to Neil Shepard, a resident Dolphins fan, and uh, he has given us some, some very, very in-depth uh, look at uh, what he believes... Uh, is happening in Tua's game so far. Um, I believe this was up the first uh, three games of his career, um, and uh, we'll we'll just keep going with that for a little while as well. Yeah, I also wanted to, to visit some of the overtime madness and how much overtime there's actually been this season, yeah. um, and then also look at you know um, how the Panthers are looking without two of their stars, and really I think the NFC East, is, uh, NFC South, has become quite a interesting division all of a sudden yeah um, with uh, no Drew Brees and uh, Taysom Hill getting a start uh, Jameis Winston still sitting in the wings there PJ Walker stepping for Bridgewater and probably just you know rounded off on, on some of the, the running backs who have been quite impressive not the big names but you know there's been a few running backs that have come in this season and, and have kind of carried their teams in times of trouble and I think it's worth a discussion around the value of these running backs mm-hmm. and what what um what people are expecting from them. I think we put a lot of emphasis on fantasy and I think a bit of the actual quality kind of gets lost. Because fantasy is life, Darren. I know. So there's, and everyone there's loves of... hearing us talk about our fantasy <laughs> endeavours. Uh, by the way, another two wins for me this week. Uh, I am 9-2 and two in both of my leagues, so uh, suck on that, everyone. Um <laughs> Seven and four and one and six and five in the arc. You bloody amateur. Right in the middle. <laughs> That's all right. Anyway, okay. back, back to it. Um, so, rookie quarterback class. Please drive, Darren. Yeah, so I did watch a bit of the Bengals game. I wanted to watch Burrow. Um, I put it on and then just immediately felt sad because they were doing very little to protect Burrow from the, the king that is Chase Young. Oof. What a player. Washington need to improve their franchise if they want to keep that boy. Um, and yet, you know, we, we spoke about it two weeks ago about how Burrow was looking really impressive and he was probably the best of the class. And unfortunately, you know, he takes a takes a pretty decent knock in the end zone and fumbles the ball. And I think that was kind of the, the start of maybe him turning his head a little bit and he got absolutely caught um, on the turn from Chase Young and and has actually rolled t- up on t- yeah day. today they've announced that he tore his ACL <clears throat> and his MCL and he's got structural damage from his knee to his shin which is to me that's patella so it's a really nasty he's only been he's only played <clears throat> nine games and he's got a torn MCL torn ACL and a damaged patella it's just um, it's. Not the first time this has happened for Cincinnati either. Like they've lost first round picks uh, partway through the season, before the season. I mean, just just last year's first round pick never saw the the, the field until this year. Yeah, Kajana Carter back in the mid nineties, like blew out his knee in preseason. Um, it, it's just it's it's a properly snake bitten franchise when it comes to these 
these high picks, it seems, they just never seem to work out for them. Apart from AJ Green, he was all right, but yeah. uh, there's only so much that he could do in his position. Yeah, especially when the person throwing the ball has only got one leg. Yeah. The, I think the thing with Burrow is that sports science has come to a point where he will be fine, he'll be back next year, but this is where the age thing does come in because he is older. He's a year older than Lamar, and he's about the same age as Baker, and he is in his rookie season when the others are three years in. Mm-hmm. So it does make a big difference that that age gap of staying for your fifth season at college and coming out. And he had to. He wasn't going to get drafted mm-hmm. in his fourth year. So he had to stay for his senior season. And it was a good shout because he was the best court college quarterback statistically ever. And he's looked really good. But, you know, if you're Cincinnati and you've got a 24-year-old quarterback who's got a torn ACL, who's only played nine games, what do you do this draft? Do you depends, have to depends do where you are. Cardinals and at least try and pick another one in case it doesn't come back? Or do you go with it? No, I think um, they're, they're still going to put everything into believing that Joe Burrow is the man. Uh, it's like they've just got to shore up that offensive line really is the, the key thing because it's still been dreadful to this point. And if I don't, I was, I don't yeah. think that you necessarily do that in the draft. I think you see who's coming, like who's a pending free agent that you can just say, look... We've we've got this guy. He is. He he's going to help bring the city back to where it needs to be, and you can come in and you can help that, and we'll give you twenty million dollars a season for the privilege. That's what I never understood about why people weren't just doing whatever Washington wanted to get Williams, because he just seemed like a home run. Like Williams is the top PFF graded tackle in the league. Trent Williams, that is left tackle yes. for the Forty Nine ers um, and no one seemed to be clamoring to sign him. You know, and the 49ers seemed to sneak it with a third round pick. And that was like was saying a, was that a little the, bit older. the Browns should have given up their first round to get Williams rather than pick a first rounder. They picked an offensive tackle in the first round. They'd have been as well with their cap space just trading for mm. the left tackle that's already proven. Um, I think teams get a bit, try to get too clever with it. And I think you're right that the Bengals do need to just go out and spend some money. And yeah, well, good news. Uh, Julian Davenport's available next season, so <laughs> if you want to properly regress, uh, he's available there. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of guys available there who I can see who would be able to come in and do at least some sort of job. Um, but there's not many names just jumping out to me. Well, if um, they. If they don't win again this season, they're going to be in a great opportunity to get Sewell. But I think you need to be trading back into the first round to pick another one if you can't pick up a free agent. Mm -hmm. It just has to be their... They have to do a Cowboys. It has to be their modus operandi. They have to go, okay, well, our quarterback keeps getting hurt because he keeps getting hit. So we just have to spend every piece of draft capital we have. Just don't play Burrow next year. Keep playing Ryan Finlay. Just do what you can to improve your offense. And then also your defense at the and same Burrow's time. Burrow's going to be 26 by the time he yeah. plays again then. And, and anyway, like we, we, I think we should probably move on a little bit because we're, we're getting bogged down in fixing the, what is at the moment the unfixable <laughs> in the Cincinnati Bengals. We could talk about that at length. But um, yeah, I think um, per, per, perspex, sorry, per, perspectives and perceptions have changed on some of the other guys as well. Um, I, I think that uh, Justin Herbert is fully cementing himself as a bona fide star in this league. 
Yeah, he's, like, he's, of... he's still he's still making some silly plays here and there, some rookie stuff. But like, if he cuts that out, he's going to be unstoppable. I think people put far too much pressure on mistakes. I know at quarterback, it's the most important job in sports, and it's really obvious when you make a mistake. But everyone makes mistakes. Like, the Russell Wilson isn't having the best time with interceptions. Brady just threw like three in one game. Mm-hmm. Rogers threw to. Marcus Scanling, which was a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. you know, there's the mistakes happen. You know, you. you they are human you, after you get all, picked Sometimes. And it's about how you pick yourself up. And the fact that Herbert's still going out there, throwing for over 300 yards, leading a damaged offense when his coach just seems to be doing everything he can to get the under. He's already he's thrown. Literally uh, just... He's thrown for three touchdowns in five games this season, which is a rookie record. And. There's still many games left to go this season. Like it's, it's very impressive. Does Antillon have money on these games? Because <laughs> he keeps blowing. I don't them. even know what the the odds were for the Jets to get within seven points of the Chargers in that I, game. I think that that was that other crazy statistic is that uh, there's there's th- was it, there's three teams who haven't lost uh, by more than seven points this season or something like that, and that is. Kansas City Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So really just the Chargers, because so they're the only yeah, ones that have actually yeah, lost. <laughs> they've, 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 they've lost, but never by more than seven. They've always been in games, throwing them away, finding ways to lose. And that is just, it's got to be the coaching. Yeah, I can't see any other reason for it. It's similar to the Browns with Freddie Kitchens last year, just sitting going, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you taking a time out there? Why are you running the ball here? Mm-hmm. Why are you throwing to him when you don't need to? It's it's just I feel sorry for Herbert, kinda. I, uh, really he'll be he'll be all right, I think. Yeah. Uh, Which gives haircut? Uh, people really putting a lot onto that. I, like, I mean, I just got a rather severe haircut myself, and <laughs> yes, uh, and but I, I'm getting compliments for it yes, uh, from some very, folks as well. It's very summery. Thank you, thank you for for the the listeners at home. I've essentially got a skin fade leading up to a three on the top, and uh, that's a little bit different to how I had it previously. Not had it like this since I was like fourteen or something yeah, like that. M&M. Um, but yeah, just feeling a little bit of change. And Justin Herbert was clearly feeling a little bit of a change. And people are saying like, oh, he's lost his, his gravitas with this. Oh, oh, he's the marketing so... people are just like, no, why do this? You were supposed to be different. You were the one. But um, it's There's fine. also a chance that he I'll may have just one. completely freaked out and shaved it when he was having an episode because he has the worst coaching in the league. And he has a losing record when he's been one of the best players in the league. Yep, and entirely possible. Uh, wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it's just what you get when you go to the Chargers. Chargers going Charger. Yeah. Um, Tua? Tua. Is it Tua time? It is Tua time. It is Tua time in Miami. And uh, we... But is it? Well, y- y- yes. Still. Or was it? It is or... still. It is still. But uh, was d- it, d- Nope. D- <laughs> okay. So, had a bit of a blip this week. Yes. Yes, and I have a feeling that because they heard that Borrow hurt himself, they took <clears throat> Tua out. I think they were feeling very nervous about Tua. Yes, because he heard was about getting flustered. Yeah, and, and he, he was he, getting hit. He took a bit of a knock himself, and people were like, "Ooh, like Brian Flores did come out and just say, like, no, it was it was performance based, but we plan on putting him back in next next week, um, which I absolutely believe. I think that for the most part, they're handling this transition really well 
or like Brian Flores has taken control of it. Um, and both Tua and Fitzpatrick, for the most part, are being professionals about it. Like Fitzpatrick's allowed to voice that he's, you know, not particularly happy about being being taken out or anything like that. But he's still going to be there to support Tua the, all the way through because he's that's just the way he is. He's a consummate professional. But uh, uh, we we have, we have a Tua watch um, from from Neil Shepard over the last little while, mm. and so he, he's kind of given me a few notes, just breaking down the first few weeks of of Tua. So in, in his first start, he had against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Neil notes that he played very conservatively, which you'd kind of understand given the situation and who he was having to play against. The, the defense definitely did all the work for him. And this was very much a case of just let the rookie get into the game and try and get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, he was playing against arguably one of the best defensive linemen that there's ever been in Aaron Donald. Um, he also noted that it felt like when Gase put Tannehill in all those years ago, all these throws under 15 yards, you know, keeping your confidence high. But you definitely saw plays here and there that just just flash. Um, it was like, Start certain those these things like oh only Tua could make that throw it's like yes because he's a left-handed quarterback and it was going out to the left on a rollout or something like that but yeah 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 you know what it is but you you are seeing these little flicks that, that he's got and he's got something but it's going to be a little while before we should really expect him to deliver it straight away I think bit, I mean like that team is still doing a lot with a roster that isn't that great and it is mainly spin special teams and defense since two has been in really um and the, the next week they had the the cardinals and so he like after getting his feet wet uh he really needed to keep pace with kyler murray and uh go do what you do son butt tap uh with kyler murray apparently i never saw that obviously i wasn't watching um but he had one throw in the first quarter where he rolled out to his left and hit what Neil thinks was the tight end, laid the ball out in front of him enough to beat the defender, but allow the tight end to still make a play. It only went for 15 yards, but Neil just thought it was one of the most beautiful throws he's ever seen. And that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I totally understand because, you Remember know... Remember the games where Peyton Manning would throw like eight of them in one game for the Broncos? Yeah, yeah. yeah just... like, and that would be his first eight throws. And then he would go and throw another 20. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he like... He completed a pass. It was beautiful. <laughs> Being a Dolphins fan, you've not really had much to cheer over the last God knows how many years. Um, was... There was... They had your moments with Chad Pennington. Jay, Jay Fiedler had like a Pro Bowl season before he was injured and... Like, other than that, you're going back to... Oh, what was that guy's name? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it was Dan Marino was the last good quarterback. So that was... Uh, I was, like, before I was watching, effectively. Um, but, yeah, he says that the big difference between the Tannehill Gase and the two of Flores is that Flores already trusts Tua to throw, and he did in this game. Um, he said, uh, if you ask any of my friends, uh, I balked at the idea of Tua going in this early. He thought maybe week 10 or 11, but Flores could see something that we couldn't. And uh, he thought his, car his performance against the Cardinals showed everyone all the raw talent that he has to be a star. Uh, and he's saying that he knows this comparison has been drawn out a lot, but he definitely sees Russell Wilson in, uh, in Tua, which is, uh, you know, that's, that's a good thing to see. If you're going to be seeing any quarterback in your, your, your rookie... I think Russell Wilson's like he'd be my ideal mold to go for. I wonder if there's a so if Tua, especially with that hit he took, you know, someone rolled on his ankle before he <clears throat> um came out of the game. And I wonder if he's under instructions to kind of be more of a edge kind of 
pocket passer at the moment. Like mm-hmm. he's not quite got. It's like we we're talking about the mobility. Like he's mm-hmm. still got to get that hip mobility back. He doesn't have the burst that Fitzpatrick has, and maybe it's the instructions he was getting from the coaching is probably why he was getting hit. I would be surprised if they would have benched him at that point in the game if he was not coming off of that injury. Mm-hmm. And he'd started the season like Barrow. I, I think he probably would have, they would have kept him in, but I think they were right. If he's getting hit a lot, he's flustered. The things he wants to do is what you're telling him not to do. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's right to put in Fitzpatrick, you know. You protect the asset. Yeah. And I, at the point they took him out, they were losing by like 17 points. Or something. Yeah, I think they basically said like, okay, this is not a point where we ask him to do too much now because it's it's too, too big a risk, effectively. Uh, yeah, like, like I say, it's, it's, it's the franchise. Um, it's like some people be like, oh, that's just coaching yips and that's <clears throat> Flores showing his like cowardice. Or is it clever? Uh, no, no, I no, think no. it's clever. Yeah, no, I think it's actually being like playing smart. Um, and it's, it's good coaching because Brian Flores, I think, is a good coach because he's getting this team wins. The irony is that people forget that Belichick did the same thing with Garoppolo when mm. Brady was in on suspension and Garoppolo came in. Like Garoppolo took one bad hit and Belichick was like, cool, we're putting Brissa in because Garoppolo's our future. Mm. So it's not uncommon. He was part probably part of that mm-hmm. staff. So I think it's just a case of Two is going to get there. He's only played two games. Two of them were very impressive. And, you know, three games. And one of them wasn't. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that happens True. sometimes. I like, um, into into week three, and I'm just going to like breeze through this. Uh, Neil basically says, if you go, if you want to see this man at his best, go to 7-19 in the first quarter. And he can't, he can't decide if it's a built-in pump fake or if he does generally pull it down and reload after seeing Gasicki in a better spot of field. But what a strike. What a beautiful throw, says Neil. Now, I, I'm not entirely sure if I saw the same one, but it was the one that I think that he was looking at. Uh, he actually kind of threw the ball directly between the hands of a defender, so it probably should have been picked off. But it was a really beautiful throw. Um, so I, I, I'm not entirely sure. By the way, Neil, feel free to clap back and, and correct me on that one. But... Uh, it, it is still he does still throw a very nice pass and um, I, I see a lot going with, with Tua but I, I just would be so cautious with him and this team which doesn't have that much talent around him at the moment uh, and yeah we can just you just like haven't discussed what was going on with uh, with Joe Burrow that's the last thing you want to have happen to, to Tua I mean you've still got Fitzmagic there so he's always going to find another way to come back in yeah so we... And Neil also wants to shout out to Justin Herbert, basically saying he's excellent. So, I mean, he's like, fair play. Game recognises game, because Neil knows a good quarterback when he sees one. Because they don't because he's, because he's now seen one. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's never seen one on his team. Yeah. Um, yeah, Neil still has the fear of Tua being hurt as well, effectively. So, that's it. Uh, and he just... Uh, yeah, and, and he, he does actually go on to uh, make fun of his own... Uh, lack of QB knowledge because uh, he's never seen a good one before. So, yeah, good on you. Thanks very much for that one, Neil. Really appreciate it, man. Cool. So, where are we standing on this rookie class? Is it just an unfortunate weekend for them? Yeah. Uh, Herbert got a win, but they still nearly lost to the Jets. Burrow, obviously, horrendously unfortunate. Really hope he manages to get back for week one next year. Uh, Tua, yeah, he just he had, a, had a game. It's uh, it, it can It can happen. Um and Justin Herbert 
is just an anomaly. He's got he's got this, the the team around him, and he's just being allowed to sling. He's been given a bit of time, and he's hitting these guys. Maybe Tua just needs to get over a little bit of uh, himself, perhaps. Whereas, or maybe he's Herbert's been told just not like, to do certain it. things he wants to do by the coach. Yeah, it's coaching. Could well be coaching. Wouldn't surprise me. Cool. So they'll be all right. Yeah, they'll be all right. We spent a while on talking about that two weeks ago. So yeah, let's hope they're all right because we were very positive and bullish about them. Yeah. Before, so. Moving on, I, I really want to just have a quick chat about the NFC South mm. because if you were, if I was to say to you six months ago that we were going to have Taysom Hill starting for the Saints, PJ Walker starting for the Panthers, and Tom Brady throwing ten picks in like three games or whatever it is, would you really have expected Matt Ryan to be bottom of the division? <laughs> um. Yes, because it's the Falcons, effectively. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, no, because that's that's what they always do. The, the is Falcons Matt Ryan the best quarterback in the division, though? Uh, the, the best starting quarterback right now in that division? Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think Britt Brady's having a slump, and he should be doing more with the, the weapons that's been afforded to him. Um, I think they've not necessarily been found out, but people realize that they... They can blow up on you, but if you get them rattled, it's like that whole thing about, uh, about oh, if you if you if you rush Tom Brady up the middle, he doesn't like it. Oh, but maybe you know people are just they, they, like some people just know how to get him. Yeah. Um, with Carolina, uh, interested to see PJ Walker come in and uh, perform as well as he needed to for for Carolina. Uh, <laughs> The PFF podcast absolutely buried PJ Walker before this. Sam Monson uh, just basically said, "No, nah, like if PJ Walker's starting in this game and Matt Stafford's not, there's no way that PJ Walker plays well. He's never he's never played well. Like he just had some some big flash plays in the the XFL and stuff like that. So I I, I don't think it's going to be enough to make Sam Monson eat his words, <laughs> but he's going to have to at least accept that you know Carolina won." And I just put that down to Matt Rule being a very good coach. I think Matt, I think Matt Rule has he's managed doing to, everything he's he got, can to win. Right? You have PJ Walker starting a quarterback. You have Mike Davis starting at running back. You've got a few people missing on your defense as well, and they shut out the Detroit Lions in a shameful display that should get Matt Patricia fired. Like it's good for. The Panthers, not for poor Matt Patricia, um, and the and the, and the Lions, but um, yeah, it's a really intriguing division, and that's before we even start talking about Drew Brees and his eleven broken ribs, mm. eleven broken ribs, Darren, mm. and it's pr- probably going to keep him out until at least like week fifteen, apparently. The boy's like forty-two. Do you really want to come back? Mm. If Taysom Hill was playing that well, because let's be fair, Taysom Hill played really well. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I would say really well. Oh, he like, did what he needed to do. Taysom yeah, Hill he got fun. a win, but um, like, I don't think that they can win if they have to keep playing Hill in that way every week. Because I think he will be found out. Like he's got the athleticism, and that threatens a lot. But he can't throw downfield. And a fair play, Drew Brees couldn't throw downfield <laughs> over the last little while either. 
But Drew Brees made up for that by the fact that he was the best short to mid-short range passer in the NFL. And Taysom Hill's not quite that yet. So how much does his rushing ability make up for his other deficiencies? I think it, it masks a lot. Because some of the plays he was able to make, I don't think many players in the league could have made them. Mm-hmm. There was one that, ironically, he fumbled at the end. And the sheer pace of the way he got away from like four people. And I think he thought he was already out of bounds or he was mm. destined, like no one was near him. Some guy just clipped out his hand before he mm. got to the out of bound marker. But it's just that pace, like that second rushing touchdown he got. He just was there to throw, realized that he had a lane and just ran right into the corner of the end zone. Um, I just think Peyton, Sean Peyton's a really good coach and he's going to, he'll figure it out either way. Cam Jordan's playing spectacular yeah. just now. Um, Davenport did what he needed to do after being found out a few weeks ago. Um, the Saints are looking okay, but I think even with Breeze, I don't think they're going to be much of a challenge for um, whoever they have to face in the playoffs. I think that they might be a bit of a sing, a lame duck, mm. unfortunately. Just like, unfortunately, <clears throat> the better versions of them have been that as well. They really haven't had the best of luck recently in the playoffs. And if last year's team can get beat by Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, then I don't think this year's team is going to do much. There's a mindset issue, I think, with New Orleans at the moment. Mm, yeah, entirely possible. Um, so, okay. If, if Taysom Hill continues to play as well as he did this week, which, to my, to my opinion, is mm, all right, but I'm iffy on it. Uh, do you think, first of all, they win the next three or four games. I think they win the division handedly, mm-hmm. especially with the two tiebreaker games. So do you think there's any chance we might see Jameis Winston no. instead? Okay. I okay. think if we were going to... I think... Okay, so what do you think is more unlucky? Do you think it's more unlucky that Tyrod Taylor didn't get to play because the doctor stabbed him? Yes. Or that Jameis Winston didn't get to play because Sean Payton wanted to play Taysom Hill as a tight end in his fantasy? <laughs> the, the, like Sean Payton had Jameis Winston there so he could plug him in if Drew Brees ever went down and he did but apparently it was, has always been the plan that if Payton was given a full week to prepare Taysom Hill would be his quarterback because they've, they've paid him this money because they want to see what he's got and th- now this is it, this is the shot so like I guess now how many bad Taysom Hill games does it take before they give up on him? To the end of the season. Mm, okay. Um, I think he has enough flashes, enough Steve Young esque flashes in him to get. But Steve given... Young could pass the ball. He was making passes. Look, he, yeah, got... he was throwing the ball. It wasn't an NFL caliber pass in my mind. They've got if they can if they don't annoy Michael Thomas into the point of requesting a trade, and he stays, <laughs> and oh, he can't go anywhere now. If he's fit and Thomas is there, I think Hill will do well enough. Because Thomas will rise to where he needs to be. Michael Thomas did look good in this game. Yeah. Uh, probably for maybe not quite the first time this season, but you know he's getting back to health perhaps. But he looked very good. But is that because Taysom Hill can throw it 15 yards? I don't know. It's still not the, necessarily still the same sort of catch. Yeah, but yeah. still throw it that far. Maybe making him work for it. But yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. Was like the Rams defensively shut down the Buccaneers, like we said at the top. Brady thrown a few picks. Brown being powerful at the start of the game and then kind of fizzling out and Mike Evans and 
I'm really not getting their offensive talent involved as much as they should be. The Buccaneers in trouble? Trouble. Mm, do I think they'll make the playoffs? I don't know, but they have that, that playoff race at the moment. Like, actually, give me a second. I'm going to have a look. I'm going to get the Tampa Bay uh, schedule up. So I think it's a race to whoever gets to play the Eagles, to right. be honest. Because... So they, they still have to play the Falcons twice. So that depends on what sort of Falcons team you're getting. True, yeah. Because the Falcons have actually been playing not too bad over the last few weeks. Um, it's the Chiefs next week, though. Yep. If they lose to the Chiefs, they put themselves in a hole. Yeah, they'll be but same, then, same similar record to Cardinals. Yeah, but like the, then, but then the, the, this this closeout for them though, Vikings. Mm, the, you should beat them even if it is away. Um, Falcons at home, Lions at home, and Falcons away. So like, they should win those because they're a good all round team, but. You know, they, they they sometimes just don't show up. Like against Green Bay, there was like people were saying, "Oh, that's an aberration." But like they were not particularly good today against the Rams either. So, I I, I still don't quite know what this Buccaneers team is. I thought I almost thought I did, but I don't think I do anymore. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a so apparently if you finish fifth in the wild card, you play the Eagles, which is pretty much a first round bye. So. This is the race for the fifth wild card spot at mm. the moment. It's the Seahawks at seven and three, the Buccaneers at seven and four. Have you, have you seen the Seahawks uh, yeah. schedule over the next few weeks? It's, it's the NFC East and the Jets. <laughs> so the Seahawks will be playing the Eagles again, most likely. Well, yeah, this the oh man those. Eagles. Oh, the Rams as well. The Rams and the Seahawks have the same record, so one of them is going to be probably be playing against the Eagles in the first wild card mm-hmm. game. Depends on uh, depends on those those sneaky tricksy Cardinals, Cardinals there though. Yeah, they're still they're still worth a worth a win or two. I feel like this is the and I have obviously been watching the NFL for the last thirty years or anything, but I feel like this season because it's a weird season and there's been so many weird games, games and because the NFC East is horrible, you've got just this crowd. So I guess we can move on to that now. We've got a very crowded NFC and a very crowded AFC. So I was, as a Browns fan, I was watching the Packers versus Colts game quite, you know, I found very interesting because the Colts are on the same record as the Browns if they won that game against the Packers. I want nothing more than the NFC team to beat an AFC team that has the same record as the Browns. (laughs) But no, they couldn't do it. Scantling fumbles the ball on the first throw of overtime. You know, the Colts make one pass and then kick a field goal and win the game. Mm -hmm. It was really annoying because now the Colts... And the Browns are at seven and three. The Bills are at seven and three. Dolphins at six and four. Raiders at six and four. Mm-hmm. Titans and Colts at six and that seven and three. Um, Ravens at six and four. Um, yeah, who, Ra- who Ravens out of the playoff picture. Now. Who misses? Like we've got five games left, and I think it's going to go down to the wire for the playoffs in both conferences. And I feel like that's like really the first time in a while that we've had this many teams. I know it's because we have have an extra playoff place as well in each yeah, conference. Yeah, it's, it's which makes a difference. Definitely, but it's so competitive. You're looking at like if you say that the minimum is six and four, you've got like twelve teams in each conference <laughs> that seem to be in with a chance. If you exclude the NFC East, and it is a 
gosh darn travesty that a team like the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Giants will get in. I mean, even the, even the the Washington football team are still in this now as well. So because like, they're t- going to get in and they're going to have five or six wins less than a team that didn't make it in. Because the tiebreakers, the Browns probably won't get in ahead of the Raiders. So you're looking at probably one of the Browns or Ravens are going to miss the playoffs and the Eagles are going to get in. <laughs> Imagine if it would be the Browns. Stranger life. things have happened. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like, the, well, the Browns have had 10 wins before and not made it in the playoffs. I think they were the last team to do that, actually. Yeah. Uh, Broncos have had like a 12-win season where they didn't make the playoffs and like a, an 8-8 eight and eight team did. Um, yeah, it just happens. A lot of people think that this needs a bit of a shake-up. Um, I, I think know. it needs to be this way for the way the, the roster, there's the, a lot, yeah, the there's fixtures a lot do, yeah, yeah. Uh, and how to keep them fair. So I think I, I can't see them changing it, to be honest. No, it still makes them money. Um, yeah, what's next? Very, very messy. Um, I want to keep it relatively breezy um, for today, but I guess... We can move on to the, the overtime. We had at least two games this week that weren't into overtime. Um, and another one that very nearly went into yeah, overtime. Yeah. Uh, so we want to start with that one. Oh, it's the, the Chiefs Raiders last night. You know, the, the Chiefs winning the game on the final drive, pretty much, or on their final drive. Mahomes yeah. marching down the field with a minute to go and finding Kelsey on probably the easiest catch of his career. But he made it with his route. Oh, where he threw Arn, he threw um, the linebacker and the cornerback for a dance before he kind of walked into the end zone with twenty yards of space. Um, Mahomes, people, I was listening to a, um, a podcast earlier where they were like, "We have to remember that this is special. This isn't yeah. normal. Do not take it for granted." Mahomes is doing this, and it's never been done before. I think. The only time, the most impressed I've been, and you probably won't like this, as like watching a quarterback play was when the um, the Patriots had all those injuries and Brady marched down the field with like a minute and a half to go and beat the Saints when he hit Kendrick Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Tompkins, yeah. Yeah, hit him in the corner of the end zone. And he yeah, had no I remember. One. He had no one on the field. They were all rookies. And, and he didn't even have Edelman. And he somehow managed to play the most perfect two-minute drill. And I think Brady's, you know, we were watching the Chiefs game a couple of years ago in the playoffs. You're just watching going, oh, it's done. Yeah. It's done. Mm-hmm. Falcons, it's done. Mahomes has that. Mahomes is that. And I think Rodgers might have been that yesterday as well mm-hmm. if his second-year wideout didn't try to cut. All he, all he needed to do, because he got the first down, was go down. Go down, reset. As long as you don't, like... We don't lose the down. You know, you just get yeah. down, let us reset. Tried to cut in against two guys, lost the ball. For, for, the, for the listeners, I'm going to ask you to describe that shortly, but I just want to pull it back to the Chiefs and Raiders yep. for a second, if I might, because uh, we've got to give some love to Derek Carr. Poor, poor guy. So, uh, Played like the most the... perfect game. Uh, and then, uh, but then they just left too much time on the clock. And I, when I takes. came home uh, and, and you guys were watching, there's about five minutes left to play, and I saw. The Raiders march down and score. I said, they've left too much time on the clock. Because you know how much time is too much time? One second. One second (laughs) is all you'd need to give Patrick Mahomes, really. But yeah, so when you you give him, I think, what was it? About like one minute 20 
Like that is a lifetime for Patrick Mahomes. And it was just, oh man, that, that drive, it was just so methodical, marching down the field and then bam, bam, bam. It, it, it's like you said, it was special. And the Chiefs are now 30 and four in the AFC West since 2015. That's also a great stat as well. It's that um, Sean McVay is 32 and 0 when we're leading at halftime. Ah, it's a stat for you. So all I needed in this, in that Super Bowl was to be ahead at halftime. Oh, okay, okay. It wasn't. Well, there you go, Sean. Uh, just just take that one to bed with you, you gosh darn loser. <laughs> um, but it felt like that game was always going to to go that way. I, it was either they were going to get the field goal for the Chiefs, we're going to get the field goal, and then win in overtime, mm-hmm. or <clears throat> they were going to win the game right there and then. Yeah, effectively. It seemed to be any. It was 28 31. The minimum Mahomes is getting there is Harrison Butler, Butler the fucking best <laughs> best kicker in the league, a kick from at least 40 yards. Excuse me, you are aware that Justin Tucker exists? You're not allowed to say that anyone else is better in the league than him. The highest point scorer as a field goal kicker in the last three years. Yeah, but. It's not Justin Tucker. He hit three he gets... 58 yarders in a row yep. in one game. But he's not Justin Tucker. Yes, well, the Ravens aren't in the playoffs just now, so they're not worth talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. And they are. And oh, we are about to talk about the Ravens. Okay. Go ahead. Actually, no. Bring that one back again, first of all. Please explain what happened to the Packers in that overtime defeat to the Colts where they lost 31-34. So favourite player ever, Aaron Rodgers, did everything he could to keep... That win, I think they were 28-14 ahead at one point. Yeah. And just some terrible coaching, holding penalties, nonsense. Somehow the, the Colts get back into it. But then it went the other way, where the Colts were winning 31-28 with like a minute to go. And they had the ball, and they converted a fourth down. And I don't know how you can say at that point, how did the Packers get the ball back and Rodgers get them into field goal range yeah. in like 58 seconds when they didn't have the ball. It's Rodgers. And then it looked... That's a Rodgers. It looked really likely and just completely inevitable that Rodgers was going to win that game for them. He got the ball. They, they sent out um, Jordan Love to do the, to do the toss mm-hmm. because they didn't want to, obviously, COVID and stuff. I think they were just trying to stop... Fair. Everyone coming together. <laughs> give it and, give it down instead. And um, you know, they got they called it, they got the ball, and Jordan Love's just as happy as anyone, just pulling the ball down. Just like, yeah, we're <laughs> gonna win the game, go Aaron. And literally on the first play, it was a, a you know, a, an in route, tosses it on a dime to Marcus Scantling, gets the first down. All Scantling has to do is get down, get back up. He tries to cut against three guys. And literally, his, near enough, his own player knocks it out of his hand. He just ran into traffic for no reason. And, you know, they, the, the young lad who's been injured, Davenport, jumped on the ball. And it was his first uh, big play for the Colts. And, you know, happy for him. But the Packers will be ruining that one because they literally gave Philip Rivers only... He only needed, like, 15 yards to, to get a field goal. <laughs> if that. I think they're already in field goal range. Mm. I think it meant, was it was it Darius Leonard who came up with that recovery, or was it? No, it was the the young lad who's been injured, the yeah, like fifth round pick, Tavon Wilson. 
I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, Justin Blackman. Julian Blackman. No, that's no. it. Julian Blackman. Yeah, Julian Blackman. Yeah. That's the one. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Aaron Rodgers did everything that he needed to do, but football is still a team sport, even yeah. if quarterback is the most important position. And um, just sometimes these things happen, and they were very much in a position to win it early on. They only got one field goal in the second half, and that's how they allowed Indianapolis to creep back through and open the door. And so now both teams finish up at seven and three. Yep. So, culture, culture's pretty serious, man. Uh, like they, they can do it against teams. Uh, I think you need to get them into a shootout. You need mm. to like get Rivers to start tossing the ball downfield. If you let them give it to Hines and give it to um, T.Y. Hilton, you know, like on short crossing mm-hmm. routes and stuff, then they'll just pick you off. Mm-hmm. They've got enough talent to do it. Rod, uh, Rivers can do that. But if you put up Rivers against the Mahomes, um, you know, he's, he's going to struggle. I wouldn't be... So this is my shout. If the Colts play the Ravens in the playoffs, the Colts will win. I, I, think, I, could I think they'll get ahead and the Ravens won't be able to play against that defence. That's kind of what the, what the Ravens' MO is at the moment. It's just that if they if they fall behind, then they, they struggle. And it's something that people were jokingly like putting out there before, but now it seems quite, quite a serious problem. And uh, there's definitely a lot of rumblings uh, in the Ravens' camp at the moment that you know, there's a little bit of discontent and that they're too predictable and they need to mix things up. But um, I don't know if that's entirely on the coaching staff. That's not like they have enough. Like they don't have enough playmakers on the outside for Lamar to really hit. Like they're mm. Marquise Brown and Andrews. Yeah, but um, like following on from from that discussion and moving into the Ravens, uh, they were on the wrong side of another overtime uh, game this weekend. As they Derek lost to, yeah, like the, the, the Tennessee Titans, 30-24. Derek Henry smashing it in from 29 yards out. Uh, A.J. Brown, though, uh, really come Some up with a big catch really and big just catches blowing people, through people, people. all over him. Oh, He's got the most man. broken tackles in the league, most yards after catch, second season. It's a good boy. He is a very good boy. Uh, A.J. Brown, uh, we missed him for summer this year. He, he wasn't, uh, wasn't feeling so great. Um, but having him back in there, like oh man, he's just such a such a game changer at wide receiver. Yeah, um, and I think the Titans, Titans are like a, a couple of teams in the AFC where they're kind of hoping that someone knocks off the Chiefs before they have to play them in the championship mm-hmm. game. Um, you know, if the Chiefs have a bad game against, um, you know, the Steelers or something in the in the playoff in the semis. And then you know the Titans get to face the Steelers, rather than you know there's there's ways for teams like this to make the Super Bowl, but I don't think Titan, Titans like the Ravens are are not going to be able to beat the Chiefs. So I think they're just doing everything they can and hoping that someone knocks off the. Maybe they play yeah. the Raiders in the what in the second Ooh. second game and the Raiders get them again because playing a team three times with this level of talent and being a professional in American mm-hmm. football player. Playing a team three times is very hard. It's fine margins. As you can tell, the Colts and the, and the Jags and the Texans, because they always seem to play each other three times in the season, they always seem to end up playing in the playoffs after playing the two conference, the two divisional games. Mm. Um, we stand on Henry, on the Titans yourself, because they just, when it seems like they're over-relying on Henry or they need him too much, he just seems to pull it out for them. Um, you can say it's oh they run it too much or you know they they don't let Tannehill do enough, but 
it seems to be working. Tanhill's not playing at the same level as he was last year, granted, but he's still playing well enough. He is still playing pretty well for the most part. Um, the, the consistency doesn't quite seem to be there, but it's very hard to be consistent throughout the course of an NFL season. Derek Henry is still a machine and is still causing all sorts of problems. Uh, you can shut him down, though, if you just like don't let him hit that that outside, like just like turn the turn the corner and away he goes. Because like, as soon as he does, he turns on the jets and he's impossible to bring down. Um, but it's th- their their defense is still a problem. They're still not very good on defense. Uh, they managed to do en- enough against the Ravens this week, but we we all know that the Ravens aren't what they were last year. If if the Ravens from last season played this team. Um, it would have been, well, I'm not going to say scores scores reversed, but um, like Titans would probably still put up 30 points, perhaps, but it would have been like 40 of the Ravens. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's the way I see it. Like t- Titans are still a threat on any given week; they can beat you, but sometimes they just end up beating themselves on defense. Yeah, I, I do, and I don't know if I enjoy overtime. I don't really like the rules I think that's been a big debate it can be a bit harsh they're not they're not as bad as they used to be where it's just like first score wins it's like yeah, what like a yeah, field goal 20 yards that's kind of like how the college one is because you start on the 35 and then it's a shootout mm. so both teams start so if you're a team that's not that's been you know it's a 14 all game and you've only scored a defensive touchdown and maybe a you know a, a long pass and you're literally living in your own 30 yards mm-hmm. then suddenly in overtime you get to start on the 35 and only have to go 20 yards to score a field goal mm-hmm. seems a bit unfair um from that point of view and i think i know that defense is part of the team and that's kind of the nfl's argument is that the defense should be able to stop the offense and yeah you should have on both phases of play be able to or all three phases of play be able to compete yeah don't forget special teams yeah but some <laughs> teams can't you know some teams are second in offense and a team from defense so it's not very fair for their defense staff to save the game but they should have won it in a regular time mm-hmm. so the nfl is very very mean and i think it is they, it's not very nice yeah they reflect it? it in their overtime rules but i've enjoyed the winning moments we've seen, you know, uh, Blankenship hitting that field goal with his goggles on, um, <laughs> yeah. Gostowski hitting a field goal, and have the Titans been in like three overtime games this season, or is it the two and then the win at the end against the Broncos? The the one against they, the Broncos wasn't overtime. That was not was overtime, it? but no. it was last second. Uh, yeah, it was as the time expired, I believe. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's okay. I. <laughs> Yay! You don't get and that was close. Thank yeah. you, Justin Simmons, for pulling that one out of the bag. By the way, absolute monster of a safety. Love Justin Simmons. Um, yeah, where are you going next? I'm gonna start to to wind it up. I think. Um, you know, we you wind me up all the time. Yeah, I know. That's that's the thing. <laughs> I do it on purpose. Oh, oh really? Wow. I'm gonna throw you off the window. Uh, yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so, there's been this debate. In the in NFL circles, and you know we've had this discussion before about the value of a running back, and how you can fit running backs in, and it doesn't really matter. But I think we are seeing this season with the COVID <clears throat> and some of the injuries there's been that you can't just put a Blanche in and get for the Dolph for the um, Chargers. You can't just put an Ahmed in for the Dolphins. You need your Kareem Hunts. You need your Henrys. 
you need your McCaffrey's. Like, players, there is a level. And we saw this week with Kareem Hunt's touchdown for the Browns, which was incredibly impressive. And I want to shout out the rookie right tackle getting that um, that three-man block. Well, if you want to shout him out, can you remember his name? Will- <laughs> Willis? Wills? Justin Wills? Yeah, it's, it's uh, Wills Or Jack Jr. Conklin? Yeah. Whoever's Jack, playing right tackle. Jack, Jack, Jack Conklin's also there. He's not a rookie, no, but, but he's, he's, he's pan- person used. The right tackle pancake like three players. Nice. And Kareem Hunt beat four players and jumped into the end zone. And then you see Henry do that mm-hmm. in overtime, what he did. Uh-huh. And I just... Am I an idiot? But I just think it's really important to have a good running back. Now, when you mentioned... Like, the, the first two players you mentioned, Balage and Salvon Ahmed. Uh, and then you they're compare... better than what they had before, but they're not <clears throat> doing what the good players do. But... What offensive line were they running behind at the time, though? The Chargers' offensive line isn't particularly good. The Dolphins' offensive line is still starting Julian Davenport at left tackle. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> they, they still they still have prophecy. Obviously, I'm just getting really <laughs> emotional about this whole thing here. Oh. But um, like, I think that, that there is something to be said for the, the value of of a good running back. Yes, um, but you get more value out of a good offensive line because they can protect. Your running back and your quarterback, and your quarterback is still the be all and end all. Really, your, your running back is a good supplementary piece. Still, uh, having a garbage running back behind a mediocre offensive line is going to get you something done. Uh, having a slightly above average running back is going to get you a little bit more done. If you have a high end one like Christian McCaffrey or Nick Chubb or a, a Kareem Hunt, in in your case, uh, as well as Nick Chubb, of course. Um, those guys do have that little extra something, that little extra juice. I forgot about Kamara as well. Yeah, I love Kamara. So like th- those guys are able to contribute both running game and passing game. Uh, so that, that automatically opens up their usefulness. That makes them more valuable uh, in, in more situations. And that's kind of what you need. But as, a, as, as like pure running backs, a lot of it is about your, your vision to adapt to what's going on with your offensive line. So it's, it's like to me, it's mainly down to the offensive line, but a, a, a really good running back can really make something of it. But, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is supposed to be an excellent running back. He's not had much to, to go on this season. He did burst for like an eight-yard run in this game. Yeah, And they exactly. did win. The Cowboys won, everyone. Yeah, yeah good job. <laughs> well, that's it. If you burst for an 80-yard run, then all of a sudden it makes you look fantastic. It's the whole this Leonard Fournette syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, of oh, we like, were so into that last yeah, year. Yeah, half a yard, half a yard, <laughs> minus five yards, 90-yard run, yeah. and then finishing up with an average, uh, which like is 80. just yeah, stupid. After, before that, you would have had minus five or something like that. It was crazy, crazy. But yeah, like I, I thoroughly enjoy a good running back in a game. And there's some who just make it look far more entertaining. Uh, totally missing Christian McCaffrey, by the way. I want him back in the league now. Um, I was going to ask that as part of what we're doing for the NFC South. Mm. Should they sit him for the year? I don't think he'll let it happen. There'll be incentives and things in his contract and stuff. And also, it's not fair on the fans either no. if they do that. Um, you know, The fat fans pay, pay the money to, to go and see... Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and stuff like that. Uh, they also have a defense, but I don't know. I don't know um, on the defense. Allegedly. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, like Zero. you, you got like, you're supposed to have like fans who pay to watch this. Okay, they're not allowed in this, most of the stadiums at the moment. But Carolina. maybe, maybe not quite entirely. But still, like it's not fair on the fans to have to watch, n- n- you know, not him. But you know, credit where it's due. Mike Davis has been an excellent uh, addition to that backfield. Uh, he was very good in college. <clears> I think Mike Davis was always going to be good. He was just one of those players that had a little bit of trouble and. Couldn't find a landing spot. Yeah, well, he, well, you went through Chicago and, uh, and Car- Carolina last year. When was the last year. time they had a running back? <laughs> yeah, Peyton. probably for Peyton. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's definitely unfair on Matt Forte. Oh, give yeah. give him credit where it's due. That excellent running back uh, for for many a year. Um, but he and I, I think again, this is this is coaching and a uh, good off like a better offensive line. The, the Carolina offensive line isn't stellar, but it's better than crap. So it's it's good enough, yeah. and Dave, Davis is being utilized so correctly over the the thing. Yeah, like if you have a uh, McCaffrey's too quick right. and he gets and moved out wide, McCaffrey and yeah, it's, it's it's a way. Um, <clears throat> I I just want them back as well. Yeah, um, I just want to give give props that the Browns are now seven and three and have literally played in swamps for three weeks in a row and have won those games. So. You know, things, times change or don't change or, you know. Yeah. Prop, it's probably still going to be heartbroken because we gave up our game to the Raiders by like three points. We lost like three <laughs> now. Now, given, given your your remaining schedule, right? So, got the Jags next week at home. Should be a win. Yeah, of course, at home. Don't know what that weather's going to be like. Yeah. Um, and apparently Gardner Minshew might be on the way back in. So, you've got to be a little bit more worried. Yeah. Uh, then, then there's the Titans. Uh, that's gonna be a tough one. Again, Ravens. Why do we keep playing the Titans? <laughs> Ra- Ravens is always a toughie. Then you have Giants and Jets. It's done. We're making you, the playoffs. Always, <laughs> always called it. It's called it. That's a just, I'm joking because we have to play the Steelers again as well. Yeah, so. Steelers is in the last week so of the we season, to, though. We so off the Chiefs as well. But like, no, the thing is, see that that one against the Steelers. I mean, of course, it is they d- might divisional. Be yes. So it's like, are they going to rest players for all of that? Or do they just say, like, this is a divisional game, we can't do that? I don't think they'll rest against the Browns. I think they'll want to keep the big brother complex going. Oh, absolutely. And how Roethlisberger, up until this week, was the highest quarterback winning most wins at... (laughs) It's most winningest quarterback. Yeah, at the first energy stadium ever. Mm -hmm. But Baker overtook him this week. Congratulations! Is, if Baker, if the Browns don't win another game at home and then lose that game to the Steelers, he'll be the most quarterback <laughs> <laughs> to, to end the season. It teeters right back over it again. <laughs> like ah, got you. That is, that stat is crazy. It's also the crazy that the Browns haven't won like three games in a row since like nineteen ninety four. That's not th- just three. <laughs> oh my lord! That may, must be just three at home or something, right? I don't know. I just saw like nine, oh, nine, four. And they've like, been so dreadful for like. It's like Billy Belichick. Twenty-five and, years plus a well, actually we twenty years in the gap. To be fair, the boys stole the team <clears throat> and the players and the coaching, and they had to rebuild it. But they could have done more in twenty-five years. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, Texans made the playoffs in their second season or something like that. What, what was the Browns' excuse? <laughs> The Texans had to Texans like had to willed into existence. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Houston Texans is like such a. They call something else. I I didn't like that name when it first happened either. I just kind of went oh 
That's what they're called. What were they called next? The film teams like the Renegades and the yeah. Stars and the, the like. They just had all these. It's like calling yourself like the Commodores. The, the, I know, like the Aberdeen Grampians. Oh God, that's horrible. Or the uh, the Granite City Grampians. Yeah, the the, the Campbelltown Argyll and Buttes. Or <laughs> well, anyway, the Palmerston North Manawatu's. Yeah, all that crap. <coughs> yeah, nothing to do. Manawatu. Yeah, well, well, that's what this calls now. Um, right. Man, Manawatuans? Manawatuans? Yes. People are not going to get this. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Unless they're from here, in which case they might get it. Anyway, the last thing, I just want to finish on a negative, because I'm Scottish and that's how it goes. How about Wentz? Carson Wentz is bad, man. Yeah. Um, apparently, if... As those stats, like, if he throws more than one interception in a game, they've never won. <laughs> and he's not he's not what he was um he's had something like nine fumbles and 14 picks this season and you've got the very interesting Jalen Hurts on your bench yeah, I think if you look at the Heisman winners uh-huh. that have come in so Kyler Baker Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts Tua mm-hmm. everyone else is playing mm-hmm. and Hurts is on your bench and you're playing Wentz but yeah I mean J- Jalen Hurts is playing behind Carson Wentz, who's a former NFL MVP, like candidate. Re- removed from from it, basically, right? Yeah, candidate. Candidate, um, and like I don't know, people still just say like, like, is it? It, it can't just be him, can it? And, and like, do you just say like, well, this season's kind of a, a dud? But you can't say that because of the dumpster fire that is that that division. Means that they're still winning with a three six and one record. Oh my it's, god! It's tough to um, move on and make changes when you're still technically in the playoffs. Yeah. Even though you shouldn't be. So yeah, like, are you trying to tell me that you should like bench uh, division leading quarterback Carson Wentz? Yes. <laughs> I am. I am out on Wentz. I think he's had the yips since he tore his knee, and they were too protective of him. When he came back, and he's just not got it. He needs he needs a reboot. Yeah, and you know maybe, maybe he's the kind of player that the Patriots would rebuild. Oh, don't, don't say it. He would come, he would go back over there, and, and he would great. be fantastic. Yeah, because they'll actually coach him. Oh no, yeah, he's the kind of guy. Him and Darnold, Belichick's just. I guess be laughing. yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that that was um, uh, what, one of my potential. Uh, yeah. Well, because we're going to talk about this. This is a thing we'll do at some point soon, probably near the end of the season. Is the quarterback? If we're saying four quarterbacks are coming out of the draft in the mm-hmm. first round, there are not enough seats. It's like the F one. There yeah. are not enough seats. Not enough teams. You're going to eventually just drop down because people are going to say like, "Well, we've got a quarterback. Uh, yeah. We're just going to pick up all these wide receivers that keep." cropping up all <laughs> yeah. the time and get the offensive linemen who are who are more rare these days yeah that's what you I think do. once you've got your quarterback it's tier one wide receiver and then tier one left and right tackle or you have to be your priorities I know that Devin Bush and Devin White have shown that having a really nice linebacker in the first round has been pretty good as well but mm-hmm. yeah there's going to be so many quarterbacks it's we're going to be looking at Darnold being probably... If Darnold continues to be bad, or even doesn't even get back in this season, mm-hmm. he might be a third-string quarterback next year. 
wouldn't surprise me because it's been a while since he's really showed anything. It just it depends Jets, where he lands up. The Jets could start next season with really Joe Flacco in the first game, Trevor Lawrence backing him up, and Darnold in the practice squad. Because they won't owe Darnold any money next year. Yeah, could well happen. Oh, what a mess. Quick yeah. check. Does Adam Gase still have a job? Yes, because it's too expensive to get rid of him. Yes. Should he have a job? No. I think that'll do it, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have anything you wanted to add about this week? I've kind of skipped over like 90% of the games because I wasn't that bored. No, well, I think they, well, we could maybe just like run, run through a quick uh, recap of the scores uh, just for two, two seconds, basically. Uh, obviously, uh, Cardinals-Seahawks was a, a, an excellent game on Thursday, uh, 21-28 in favour of the Seahawks. Uh, there was that Titans-Ravens game in which the Titans won 30-24 in overtime. Uh, there was that Lions uh, goose egg uh, against the Panthers, uh, nothing to 20. Uh, the aforementioned Eagles uh, lost out to your Browns courtesy of a fantastic uh, Kareem Hunt effort. Uh, the Patriots lost against the Houston Texans, so the Texans get their first win against a team that's not uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars this season, so congratulations to them. That's bad. And uh, New England are below 500 after 10 games for the first time since 2000. Yeah. Yep. If you want a really fun video, go and find Bill Simmons scoring out the Patriots on his um, podcast. Nice. That was very fun. First time he's had to do it since he started his podcast, like 15 years ago. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, Packers lost to the Colts in overtime, 31-34. The Steelers continue to roll on. They're now 10-0 and after rolling over the Jaguars, 27-3, and are 10-0 for the first time in franchise history. Um, Michael Thomas now has the most receptions in the first five seasons of NFL history. Uh, as the Saints with Taysom Hill beat the Falcons 24-9. Unfortunately, the Bengals lost Joe Burrow and are now 0-18-1 in their last 19 road games, losing out to the Washington football team 9-20. Yeah, Alex Smith won his first first time since week 5, 2018, I think it was. What I find really interesting is that people are like, oh, Alex Smith's stats, you know, it's... He got like a hundred. He had like two hundred twenty-five yards, one touchdown, one interception. It's like that's all he's ever had. <laughs> that's what he does. He game manages, and you win. He, he did it, but it was against the Bengals. Yes, so, so we'll see what he does next. Uh, Cowboys won, like you said earlier on, thirty-one uh, twenty-eight against the Minnesota Vikings, who will be quite disappointed to miss out on that one. I'd imagine a lot of yeah. people weren't giving the Cowboys any credit. Andy Dalton came in there. And threw three touchdowns and uh, had them looking pretty good. But, I mean, perhaps it's the Vikings' defense just flattering to deceive. Uh, Chiefs beat the Raiders in the last few seconds of that game, 35-31. Already talked about that one. Uh, The Broncos held on for victory against the Miami Dolphins as Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a a potential game-winning touchdown, which became an interception because Justin Simmons is just too good. 13-20 13-20 to the Broncos, and uh, we're just moving farther and farther away from uh, a high pick now, is the way I'm looking at it, unfortunately. Uh, Jets continue to roll straight towards the number one overall pick. 28-34 was the score as the Chargers beat them out. 0-10 is where they find themselves. And, of course, the Rams just defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, thanks to some excellent defensive work and Big plays by the wide receivers on the outside, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, 27-24. Yes, and if you didn't hear that, you can Google NFL. 
Yeah, I also do that. <laughs> it tells you all the scores. I know, right? But like, <laughs> I just took, I took two minutes to do it. Yes. All right, Dan. Sounds good. Let's get out of here. I'm done. Okay, we are done for this week and last week, technically. And, you know, we didn't talk about Hopkins's grab. Um, Google that. That was good. That was last week. Yeah. And, I wanted um, to talk about that, but we just didn't have any time for it. Yes, yes. Driving. Yes. Okay, whatever. Anyway, we will be back next week. And we will be back next well, week. Oh, yeah. I this hope so. This is a personal guarantee that we'll be back next oh, week. My, oh, you heard it here first. You heard folks. it. You heard oh, it. Oh, boy. I'll be holding yes. him to that. Uh, unless I can't do it, in which case I will not care. Uh, and thanks again to Neil Shepard for your contributions. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, keep watching Tua. Uh, again, after a little while, maybe see if we can get you back, get you on the show as well uh, in person, perhaps. Uh, give us them hot takes. If anyone has any hot takes they want us to discuss, let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lazy, lazy Darren. All right. Thanks very much for that, then, guys. Thanks, team. Bye. Bye.